say what we do here. I'm Gershom Margolis. This is Imperial Advisories webinar series. Um, we're a an outsourced CFO and consulting firm, and we we work with businesses to help them make better decisions and give them access to CFOs they could otherwise only dream of. Um, I'm pleased to be joined by my new partner. Bob and I uh, signed our, Bob has been functioning as a partner for a while, but we signed our papers yesterday and uh, we're gonna have a press release coming out soon. So super exciting. Pleased to be joined by Bob Doyle and by Buddy and Aris, who are our two portfolio CFOs. Um, all three of them are impressive and uh, we hope that you, the listeners and the people who will get the recording have an opportunity to meet them all. Um, today, Buddy's gonna be talking to us about building a daily dashboard. Um, and so it's a tool which he's used and he'll tell you all about it. But basically, if you're, if you're a CEO or even a CFO, it's something that can be incredibly, incredibly valuable. By the way, buddy, I don't see any of them here now, but we did have a whole bunch of CFO and or bookkeeping firms, both that signed up for this webinar. So oh. uh, maybe Haley will be hearing from them. But I always find it interesting that, you know, when the people who do something very similar to the speaker come to hear, it means that they value your opinion. So um, without further ado, here's Buddy. Thank you. Um, I'm going to turn my camera off uh, in a minute. Haley's going to drive and show you the presentation, um, but I just get in the way. Um, so uh, first, let me do my quick introduction, then I will be happy to start talking for real. Um, welcome, everybody, and thanks, and a big thank you for Gershon and Haley for producing the Imperials web series, Take Your Business to the Next Level. Today, I'm going to focus on the 10 things you should look at every day. This is an introduction to how I created a daily report and how you can make it specific to your business so that your business will grow every day. It will prepare you to see around the corner and help you predict what is ahead. If you follow the general drift of my remarks today, you will dramatically improve the performance of your business. Our format today will include my almost prepared remarks, and then members of Imperial Advisory will participate in a panel discussion with some questions I prepared to introduce to you the issues in some specific industries. We'll then open it up to question and answers from our team. If you have any questions during the presentation, please write them to me in the chat. Haley and I will um, we'll compile those and try to make sure that they all get answered. So I'm going to turn my camera off and Haley's gonna put the presentation up and we'll start. Hi there, I'm Buddy Blattner and I am Imperial Portfolio CFO. In today's webinar, I'm introducing you to the most important and basic tool you can deploy to make your business improve. And it should take no time at all. The 10 things you should do every day uses my daily report. And once you create a daily report and you collect data and organize it, you will turn it into information, communicate with your team, act, and earn more money. In the next 30 minutes or so, I'm going to describe to you what every kind of business needs to create a report like this. I will let you know that every successful 
and not so successful for some reasons I'll let you in on later, entrepreneur or leader have some key performance indicator or dashboard. If you do not use any indicators, you will not be able to receive what my friend Balaji Kanan says, deeper insights are what makes the difference. Next slide, please. So this webinar is both technical and basic. So it looks pretty complicated, um, but as, as we go along, you'll find that it's actually not. I created an imaginary company called the Bartlett Pear Distribution Company. Bartlett buys Bartlett pears from pear growers located in the United States, labels them and packages them for sale to large grocery chains. I use all the successes and foibles of the Bartlett Pear Company to illustrate the practicality and nuance of the daily report. Can I have the next slide, please? So this, this kind of daily report works for any kind of organization. And just because I use the term business doesn't mean you have to be in business. If you run a golf course, a not-for-profit, a, not a marketing agency, a staffing firm, engineering or architecture firm, or a faith-based organization, you can use this tool. I use the term business or company, but they apply to all of them. Every company knows what is important to the success of their business. In 40 years, every leader I've worked with had at least a few key performance indicators they used to measure the overall health of their business. Some seemed a little wacky. Here's one. I used to work for a paper roll manufacturer and the founder of this company uh, had one philosophy. If you take the cost of a paper, the paper used on a roll and multiplied it, multiplied it by three and sold it at that price, you'd be happy with the profits. So after doing all kinds of MBA kind of work, I found out that not only it was true, it was right. And it worked for him for 35 years. It kept the company small, it kept the company profitable, but it also had a solid balance sheet. There are so many more. And they could have been, used sales numbers, profit numbers, cash numbers, inventory numbers, number of members, machine utilization, scrap, on-time performance. There's lots of things on that list that people can use. The point is they know these because they look at the same number over and over until they know it. And they know that it means something when the number is one number or another, and then they act. I will break down a business into pieces that may or may not specifically apply to your business. But you'll see that by looking at the past, recording and remembering the present, you will more accurately be able to predict the future. So uh, I used to own a company called Active Screw and Fastener, and I tried to hire a chief financial officer. Um, I was going to be the lead seller, and she was going to be the chief financial officer. So this person insisted that everything she needed to know was in her spreadsheet, which was true. Everything she needed to know was in her spreadsheet, but she never committed any of the items to memory. So that made her the, a good data collector and a bad analyst. And what I want everybody to know today is you need to do this every day over and over so that you commit these numbers to memory. So it makes an analysis an instant process. Next slide, please. So this is my daily report. It shows a lot in a small package. And when you understand what you're looking at, you'll be amazed at how much you can intuit from it. 
I start by choosing the, the month and I do one of these for every single month. And then I measure everything in working days or business days. In every business, every month has a specific number of business days. If you're a convenience store, you might be open every day of the year. If that is you, the number of business days is the same as the number of days in the month. If you're a business that operates Monday through Friday and you're not open on holidays, you could number, you could have the number of business days be Monday through Fridays that are not holidays. That is the number of business days. My daily report records facts such as invoice sales and accounts payable each day. I keep mine in Excel, so that means I can do some quick analysis. And we can also project where the month might end. I also keep some history handy so that we can compare to the past and understand our trends. Let's look. Uh, Haley, I think if you hit a button, it'll highlight the sales. Nope, I was wrong. Sorry. Let's take a look. Uh, can you go, there, go back one? You can see in the middle, there's a sales column. I define sales as invoiced and shipped sales. This is data, but we can start analyzing and using the information right away. Look right next to it. There's sales month to date and average sales per day. I like to look at, I look at the incoming orders the same way. How many orders did I get today? What are the dollar value of those orders? What are the cumulative orders that I got? And what are my open orders? I look at cash. There's two kinds of cash. I'll explain the cash to you, but I look at cash collections every day. Uh, most companies have too little cash, but too much cash creates a different set of problems. I care about working capital. We'll get more into that later, but I look at accounts receivable, accounts payable, inventory, and cash. And I love projections. Projections are what help us see around the corner. Um, if you know the incoming orders on a daily basis, you can project how many orders you're gonna get that month. Don't be fearful of how long it takes to prepare this. Once the report gets created, it takes about 10 minutes a day to prepare this. In fact, you can do a lot of this on a legal pad. That's the way I started. So if your operating system has the data and you can put that data into your Excel spreadsheet or onto your legal pad, you'll be able to do this report. Next slide, please. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, these are some samples of key performance indicators and they're good ones for, some are good for the Bartlett Pear Company and some I've made up that might be right for you. Um, choose your own. Um, but by no way can I think of companies that don't need to know what their cash is, what their credit card balances are and what their loan balances are. Just saying. Next slide, please. So, Dashboards have three main functions. They have data, they have analytics, and they help you drive the business. However, some people use them differently and they can be used for comparing data. They can be used to analyze, they can be used to drive the business. The Bartlett Pair sales company collects data, creates information, which allows us to analyze and inform on business decisions. Next slide, please. So, we're gonna get into the details of the Bartlett Pear sales company, but that's what Bartlett Pears look like. I like the picture on the right. Uh, next slide, please. 
So first things first, you have to determine how many business days you have. So how many days per month is your business open? The convenience store example, Monday through Friday example, no holidays example. May 2020, which is the month that I've chosen for this analysis, has 21. And it's a Monday through Friday business, no holidays. Next slide, please. So on the far left-hand column, I have the number of working days in a month, and next to it, the actual days in the month. And then the first column that we, we create is for sales, and that is the invoice sales dollars. Next column is the sales month to date. So what that does is it accumulates, it accumulates the sales dollars for the previous day. Um, the next column divides the sales month to date by the number of working days and creates the average sales dollars per day. If you know that, you'll be able to project to the month, to the end of the month. Um, the next three columns are without little arrows, are incoming orders. And then it creates a cumulative total of incoming orders. It also creates the number of, or it also, um, I also, keep the number of open orders, which is how many orders I have that I have not fulfilled yet. The next set of columns is our cash in column. This is the number of dollars that I receive from my customers in checks, in credit cards, in ACH payments, in wire transfers, however they choose to pay me. This is a collection of how much money I have received during that month. And the column next to it calculates the cumulative amount of months per or uh, cash month to date. Um, the next section over says balance sheet, and that's really where we track the working capital. So your working capital is cash, accounts receivable, account payable, and inventory. And then I have a section where it helps me project. So if you look at the last five columns, the first column is the sales projection per month. That's what based on the average number of outbound invoiced and shipped sales based on the number of days so far, I expect to have at month end. It does the same thing for incoming orders. It gives me the average incoming order size, gives me the to date number of average orders, and it tells me how many orders I've received month to date. It's got a lot of data here. So, uh, Haley, can you go back one? I'm sorry. Um, no, no, we're good. Please go to the next slide. So would anybody like to take a guess of this question? Two of the ideas that underpin modern blank blank designs concern making it easier to select which data to observe and ensuring that the choice of data is consistent with the ability to, of the observer to intervene. Does anybody know what that is? Uh, maybe it's going to be in the chat. Anybody? I have a guess if no one else does. Have you seen the presentation before? Yes, but you didn't have this question last time. Yeah. All right, Gershon, it's up to you. <laughs> I'm going to go with big data. Uh, that's close, but that's not it. Oh. Uh, Ian he says user interface. Um, that's okay. Um, the answer is actually on the next slide, 
which is balanced scorecard. And the reason that I want to talk about balanced scorecard is that it's, it's a way of creating alignment within a company. And so does anybody know, does, since you know the answer now is balanced scorecard, does anybody know what the balanced scorecard is or who created it? Okay, so um, the balanced scorecard um, was created by a guy named um, uh, Art Schneiderman in 1987 at Analog Devices, which was then a mid-sized semiconductor company. I think their market cap something like 16 billion today. This is the first generation of a balanced scorecard. And it's, it's a way of mixing financial and non-financial uh, measures to track progress. And the reason I bring that up is we're gonna talk about alignment later and goals and objectives. And this is very important for you to understand that it's not just these numbers that I'm trying to create, it's that they actually are using, we're using them to do something. Uh, next slide, please. Okay, so what's working capital? Investopedia, and I agree with the basic formula for working capital. It's the sum of current assets or those things current, meaning those things that can be turned into cash within one year, minus current liabilities or those things that must be paid within one year. So that's what working capital means. And working capital is the money that you then spend, have the, have the ability to spend uh, for inventory and operating expenses. Um, so every business that I have been affiliated with has cash issues. They never have what is just right. They always have too much or too little. Too much is never a problem, but too little, well, you know. If you have too little, you can't make payroll, you can't pay your vendors, you can't get credit, which is an oxymoron because if you, have, if you don't have enough cash, you can't get credit and vice versa. But you can't buy equipment, you can't buy services. So I look at cash three ways, cash collections, book cash and bank cash. And in almost every business customers lend money to their customers with an open account. And most of the time orders are shipped and the customer receives some number of day terms. That means from the day it ships, the clock starts counting until that number of days are reached. And then you're supposed to receive a check or an ACH or a wire, if it only worked that way, right? Customers view payment terms as a recommendation now. Sometimes they stop the clock when they receive the goods. Sometimes they send the check when the last day of terms is achieved and others send the check when they feel like it. If you are paying attention, you'll know the patterns of payment of your customers. You will know what the average days to pay are. And while you record your cash collections per day, you'll also be able to forecast your cash needs. I have a total column for cash collections. I recommend that every day you go to your bank website and look at your available bank balance and record them. When you compare this to the, your book cash, you'll understand what your float is. I'm a big fan of both book cash and bank cash. Book cash needs to be up to date every day. Anytime you write a check or receive cash in, record it. At the end of the day, make sure all of your transactions are complete. The next day or at day's end, run a balance sheet and look at cash. This is your book cash. The difference between your book cash and your bank cash is float. Float is the sum of checks written, but not cashed, and checks deposited, but not been available to you yet. When you are conservatively operating your business, you run it by book cash. If you are a little aggressive, you manage the float 
or run your business on bank cash. So for the purposes of the daily report, the largest working capital items are inventory, accounts receivable and accounts payable. And they're the components of your trade cycle, which is how long it takes for $1 of, invested, of money invested in inventory to turn back into a dollar of cash. Accounts payable is easy. Just like you lend money to your customers in the form of open account, namely accounts receivable, your vendors lend you money in the form of accounts payable. It's a free loan. Each day, write down the number of accounts payable dollars you have. Make sure that whoever is entering AP does it faithfully every day. You will want to know the exact amount that you owe. The exact, the exact opposite of accounts payable is accounts receivable or how much your customers owe you. We talked about this a little earlier. Make sure that every time your shipping department sends out a shipment, that they tell the person who's responsible for invoicing to send out an invoice. I think it says on the first page, maybe the third page of my first accounting text, that the fastest way to get paid is to send out the invoice. In any place I've worked, Nothing left the building that didn't get invoiced that day. The total of AR is the amount of cash that you'll have coming in in the future. The hardest item to value is inventory, especially if you make something and you have multiple processes along the way. It's also difficult if you buy the same item from different suppliers at different prices, like pairs. All of that said, list the value of your inventory. In some businesses, you want a lot of inventory. In some, you want a little. At the Bartlett Pear Company, we want a little inventory because fruit, fruit ripens and then goes bad. There's no such thing as a good deal if your fruit is overripe. So I watch the inventory very carefully, very carefully. Overripe fruit is Overripe fruit is trash. Try saying that three times. Okay, next slide, please. Uh, can anybody read my balance sheet to try to figure out how much working capital I have as of December 31st. Um, nobody can probably read it. If um, Haley enlarges it, she could, I think you can make it a little bigger. Um, Haley, can you enlarge it? Whoops, there's the answer. All right, Joshua says 175,000. Well, we know because the answer is there. Nope, you can go back. You can leave it there. So um, I'm sorry you can't see it. Uh, we'll, try to, we'll try to make it bigger next time. But we had current assets. If you go back, Haley, one, maybe we can just sort of point at it. Can you go back one slide? The other way. Okay, uh, just sort of round your pointer around the 97,152 in the first column where it says total current assets. So it's total current assets of 97,152. And then in the bottom section of the balance sheet has current liabilities of 44,702. So the product of those, you can go to the next slide then. Anyway. It's a trick question, buddy. You got three different Decembers. <laughs> okay, far left column. You're right, Bob's right. Um, so we have $52,450. 
And the, the answer to, so the extra credit question is, is that enough? And since Bob is so smart, he's gonna tell me whether that's enough or not. You go back to the other page. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say, I would say, Yes, but I mean, I'd, I'd want to see more cash and less receivables. I agree with that. And, and the answer is it's sort of a trick question, right? Because it only, it's only if you know the business well, whether you're going to know whether that's enough or not. And so when we get to the, when we get to the goal setting part, we'll show you um, why um, you need to have a budget. So can you go to the next slide, please, Haley? And then the next slide. So... I'm big on, project, on projections and you can project almost anything really easy. And the formula for projections is the, the number that we are picking per the date divided by the number of business days to that date multiplied by the number of business days in a month. So I think it's like the transitive formula, but Gershon is a prof. He probably knows exactly which formula it is, but basically, so the Bartlett Pear Company in this, in this equation has done $16,922 in sales month to date in 12 working days. So if we divide that by nine and multiply it by 21, that means that at the end of the month, based on the number of working days that we have, we're gonna only do $29,614 in sales. And since the budget is 34,550, we know we're gonna be short from a sales budget perspective. So we need to move here. Um, so um, that's why I do projections. Um, in the column called cash collections, I record all customer payments made each way and apply to the invoices. I'm competitive. I'd like to know whether I am ahead of budget or not. Am I doing better than last month, last year? Um, I think if you go to the next, no. Um, so I like, to, I like to keep historical information and I like to keep averages. And I think the joke is something like figures don't lie, but liars figure. So the reason that I keep an average is it gives me something to compare it to. It gives me something to compare it to last month, last week, last year. Um, and so it also helps you understand um, that the gross numbers matter less than the average number. Next slide, please. So um, here, are the, here are my rules for a dashboard. You must use it every day. It must be relevant to your business. It must have believers, meaning everybody in the company that you're gonna use this information for has to also agree with you. And your interests must be aligned. That means everybody must believe in the same goals. Uh, next section, please. <clears throat> so I've highlighted four sections. Uh, the first section is sales. The next section is orders. The next section is cash in. And the next section is working capital. And I've been through all that. And I've talked about project projections and how we did it. And I'd like to thank my 11th grade analytic geometry teacher, geometry teacher Mr. Gray for helping me understand how projections work. 
So each day I calculate the daily amount of something, sum it up for the number of days through the month and divide it by the number of days. I get an average, then I have a projection. So here's the thing about projections. The projection is based on averages and averages get more accurate the longer it takes to make the average and the closer it is to the end of the period. So if you have five days complete of a 20 day working month, your projection is based on 20% of your data. If you have completed 15 days of a 20 working day month, then your average is based on 75% of the data available to you and likely to be more accurate. So be careful with how you use projections. One day does not a projection make. Projections are handy for predicting how close or how far you are will be from your internal budget. If someone asks you how the month is going from whatever perspective, you'll be able to tell them that you are very likely, likely, or unlikely to make your goal based on the projection. The same for comparisons to last month or last year. If you have a projection, you will see how you are doing compared to last month. It's all right in front of you. You'll also notice that I have historical data on top and I have, I have the budget data sprinkled throughout. It is always close to where the current data sits. So you don't have to look very far. Next slide, please. So the most dangerous issue for the daily report is alignment. And lack of alignment is prevalent everywhere goals are set and any attempt is to meet them. If you have set goals up for members of your team and or they are part of a compensation plan, certify that you are collecting and remitting information in the same method as the department or individual you are tracking and reporting on. You need to write the definitions down and practice collecting and reporting the data. Do not ask the departments to collect the data and remit it to you. You want the data collection to be independent. So I'm a big fan of goal setting and comparing goals. And if you report on goals and measure against them, you, your team members, and your company will improve. Next slide, please. I've been part of a company for 34 of my 40 years in business. And every year I was part of creating a budget. Well, technically budget are objective forms of goals. I use the terms interchangeably for this. The level of budgeting has been both complex and simple, but no matter the level of the complexity of the budgets I've created, a budget gives you something to measure yourself against. In this slide, I have highlighted uh, I've highlighted those areas where, where it's easy to compare. And Haley is pointing some of the budget items out. Sales per day, incoming cash on a cumulative basis, month-end accounts receivable, uh, what I think my, balance, my bank balance is, that kind of stuff. That's what I think my bank balance is going to be. In 13 years that I worked or owned active, I kept a record of all of my KPIs for all 13 years that I was there. While I can't enumerate them anymore because it was five years ago, there was a time that I could. So uh, next slide, please. So again, my rules for the dashboard, here's what I want you to take away. The Bartlett Pair Company format works for the Bartlett Pair, Bartlett Pair Company. I'm gonna change the name of the company. And for me as a leader manager, I'm committed to it and I use it every day. In whatever business I've been associated with, whether I was an assistant to someone or when I was the owner, I either prepared this kind of report or had it built and used it every day. Ask anybody who I've ever worked with 
for the last 35 years. Next bullet. Every leader, manager, or entrepreneur knows what's important to their business. They either found out through hard knocks or because it came naturally to them. I don't care how it comes to you. You need to create this report, understand it, next bullet, uh, and use it to help your team. Last bullet, and it must be aligned. It's a well-known adage that if you measure something, it will get better. This is the first step. Determine what is important to you, define it in a data way, do it repeatedly until it becomes a habit, and use the tool to guide your team. You will get the results. Closing slide. So I will close with my favorite business philosopher and the founder of Modern Management, Peter Drucker, who said, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. So build a daily report and use it every day. Thanks for the letting me talk for 30 minutes. Um, I have some questions for the panelists and I'll turn my camera back on so we can all see each other. Thank you, Haley. Um, so I'm gonna start with um, Gershon. Gershon, can you describe the best dashboard you've ever seen? So what you spoke about today, buddy, involved a lot of the daily metrics, but some of the very, very valuable things I've seen in dashboards also look at long-term trends and look at what I'm gonna call manage, management and overhead. And certain companies, um, I'll give two examples that, well, retail comes to mind. Um, and I've also worked with other professional services companies where, where you have certain levels of overhead and other, what I'll call ancillary items, which need to be in line with revenue. And measuring these other things and saying, we've done X, we sold X units, or we've done X hours of, of work, or we have a particular number of people out in the field providing whatever service it is for staffing agencies, for example. Having some of the, the overhead metrics and looking at kind of managing toward those and using those to help measure where you are both on a month to month basis and really even on a month to date basis. You could look at your metrics and say, hey, we've got too many whatever. Um, let's say it's sales associates based on the number of sales and based on how sales are going. So, you know, sometimes we can control sales. Sometimes we can't control sales, but we can look at the trends and say, based on what's going on, we need to have fewer sales associates or we need fewer of this or that role. And it's not always practical to cut or adjust those on the fly, but sometimes it is. And certainly on a month to month basis, I've seen that to be, to be very valuable. And the other thing I'll mention is it's in kind of highlighting something that you've said, it really all depends on the business, you know, different businesses at different stages in time have different types of problems. And for some businesses getting revenue, isn't the problem. That's not the challenge they're dealing with. Their challenge is, you know, churn, client retention. There's other, other things that sometimes need to be looked at. And when you notice a trend in those things in the middle of the month or three days in, you know, as you said, over 
as you get more and more days in, or you look at your 30 day, 30 day trailing average of churn, and you look at that and you say, Hey, what's going on? Why did we have a pickup? Why are we, instead of losing 1% a month, why are we losing 2% a month over the last 30 days? And looking at those kind of things, particularly, you know, trailing, trailing, whatever, it may not be months to date, but it might be trailing seven days. Or I think Aris can talk more about this with the cruise, cruise ship bookings. I think we've discussed that in the past, but th those are some of the things I've found to be very helpful when incorporated. Thank you. Thank you. So Bob, um, you've run billion dollar enterprises. What tool dashboard daily report did you use to keep tab on the hunt must've been hundreds of locations? Believe it or not, I, I actually had a more simple um, report than, than the Bartlett Pear Company. And, and um, you know, certainly, certainly cash. We, we watched cash like crazy. We were highly levered. Um, so daily deposits, we didn't have receivables, right? We, I was in a business where we had actual people out collecting money every day. So, so we, we tracked actual collections um, and we watched checks released like a hawk. So getting into what the float is was, was huge and we would project cash balances. So, so a combination of cash balances, the daily deposits, because daily deposits would tell us where revenue was going. And um, we would watch liquidity. So we would take a combination of bank balances and available on the line of credit um, and project you know, 14 to 30 days ahead to make sure we had, we had, we didn't have to move any levers because we could accelerate our cash by sending out more people to collect. And, you know, there, there are actions that we could take or slow down the release of checks. So cash management was a major, major thing, but also the, the, uh, the non-financial measures were just as important. We'd look at on hold times, how long was the customer waiting in the call center? You know, were they picked up in 15 seconds or 30 seconds or 90 seconds? You know, if you're picking up your calls in 15 seconds, you might be overstaffed. If they're waiting three minutes, you might have to make an operational change in the call center. Uh, we'd look at average response time for our service department. How long was it taking from the minute a call came in until somebody showed up and fixed the problem? Um, we'd even we'd even look at we'd even look at um, at, at open positions. Because if you had a if you had a cash issue, cash was starting to drift downward. It could be because you had open positions and people weren't out doing their job and getting the money in for you. So, so those are the types of things. The one thing I will say though is, I'm um, I'm a picture guy. So I I didn't look at charts like you presented. I had everything I did was turned into graphs. Everything I looked at was a picture, and that really made it made it um, come come to life for me. But I do want to make another comment. We talked about working capital. Just, just you got to watch seasonality when you calculate working capital over a period of time. Because if, if you have a seasonal business, you know, let's, let, let's say your business is, is uh, selling Christmas trees, right? Your average working capital isn't really a relevant number over the course of a year because it's going to ebb and flow so much because you have this huge inventory buildup. Now, I know nothing about that business. It might be consignment, but you, you get my point. Um, and my final comment is what the Bartlett Pear Company needs is a pie division. Because if you're watching the inventory for the spoiled inventory, you, you move that over and you make pies out of it. 
<laughs> You're hired as VP of corporate development. That's for sure. Illuminate so, the way. Um, so, so here's, before we get to Eris, um, the, the thing that I'm hearing, and I, I think Eris is going to say the same thing, is this is all about understanding your business and making this kind of thing work for your business, right? And every comment so far has been about, well, if I'm in this kind of business, I need to do this. And if I'm in this kind of business, I need to do that. And that's the entire point is that this is just mine. It does, and, and, what, and what Bob is saying is I might, if I, if I can't control my inventory, I need to be thinking about other things that will help me control my inventory. And by having a report such as this, I'm able to say, I don't like my inventory. My inventory is too high. What am I going to do about reducing my inventory? And we've all run into our purchasing manager saying, well, I'm ordering the minimum that I can. So that's why you have too much inventory. And you just have to get used to, to, the, to the scrap. So every the last business six has months been, have taught us that the traditional inventory management techniques don't always work. <laughs> yeah. I, if you want a Ford F-150, you can't get one right now, right? Exactly. Eris, um, so, well, your question's next. So you want to just go? If you're ready to go, go, because you know what the question is. Can I add one thing about oh, sure. to what Bob just said? When you talk about the traditional inventory metrics, I think that it's true that the what people often thought doesn't work, but I think it goes back to fundamental business rules, which are that sometimes by increasing your expenses, you can eliminate certain risks. And so while it might not work for pairs, it probably does work for stocking F-150s. The more F-150s you had on your lot, the higher your cost to carry all that, but the more likely that whenever some disruption happened, whether it was from Corona or the Suez Canal or war in the Middle East, whatever caused that disruption enables, you know, you're in, you, the car dealership, let's say, is in a better position to be properly stocked. And it's like that with debt, right? You can have cash. No, not always, but often you can get cash. But the question is, what's the cost and what does that do for you? And you spend money to sit on cash. It's not productive, but it's a cushion. And so I just want to highlight that, that it's, it's a natural give and take. We're just finding that maybe being conservative is better or would have worked out better in this cycle. Yeah. Uh, but. So, Eris, um, you've you've been in a bunch of different kinds of businesses: hospitality, professional services, retail. Um, how have you tried to manage all the differences? Because once you learn one, then you're forced to learn another one. I think that a lot of the points that came across were very relevant. I think, buddy, the word you were looking at was customized. So your report needs to be customized for your business. And it can be financially based, it could also be operationally based, and it can be people-based, resource-based. And I think each business has a unique perspective. So take the, the ones that Buddy mentioned for me, hospitality. Hospitality is unique in that you have information that is forward-looking. So today is May 31st. I know where I'm going to be 
in July, August, September, because I have information about how many people have booked a cruise or booked an airline or booked a hotel, and you can act accordingly. So for me, a dashboard in hospitality is also helping how to forecast and how to make smart decisions going forward using the information that you have. Retail is a little bit different. I'm not sure how many people on the call are in retail, but retail, really, you don't have any forward-looking information. It's really backward-looking information. So you know how many sales you have, sales per store, sales per person per day. It's very difficult to forecast on retail. The, 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 the phrase that I learned in retail was your past three days is a trend. It's kind of like a baseball hitter. If he has a good weekend, okay, he's on a hot streak, and then he, he runs up against you know the Mets pitching staff, and... It's not going to do anything. So it's really difficult to try and uh, forecast that. But for me, it's a lot about functionality. It's using the information to make decisions. It's customizing it and getting relevant metrics for your business. Uh, one of the other businesses I was in was a supply chain business. So days to stock, days to pick, all those operating metrics. Go back to Gershon's point on how many people do you need? Are, are you, are you staffed enough to get your stock into inventory and then out the door on the truck to your customer in the appropriate amount of time? So customize it based on the information that you have and then make your decisions based on that information. Exactly. Thank you. Thanks for buttressing my point. Um, <laughs> Bob answered a question that uh, Ian brought up and I thought we could all, he said, thank you, but I never feel like we're done. Um, it, the question was, how does this apply to startups which may never be profitable or will either fail or be acquired? And Bob answered, initially track actuals and watch for trends, pipeline, backlog, et cetera. Et cetera. Also, startups have uh, aspirations to reach for. Track what you'll be valued on. That's just great. Bob, do you want to expand on that for everybody? I think it. I think it goes back to what you were saying before. You have to know your business, right? And and every business has its own unique set of metrics. If you're in a startup, I mean, you've you've got something. You've got something you're reaching for, something that you want to develop. You know, so so like I I, I knew of I saw of a company one time where the entire goal of the company was to was to get as much money flowing through the Mastercard accounts and sell it when it reaches a certain volume. So all they cared about, they didn't care if they were profitable. All they, so that's all they should really track is how many transactions, the average transaction is going through and where did they get more transactions from? And, and that's, it's as simple as that. But, but you know, if you're thinking about a different type of startup, you know, you've got to know the business and you've got to know what you have to watch to know where it's going. I, I go back to the laundry industry. You know, one of the, the, one of the first things I learned in that business was we used to watch the washer dryer ratio. You know, we learned, or the owner of the business had learned early on that for every dollar that went into, into, the, into a location, 60 cents tended to go to a wash and 40 cents tended to go to a dry. And if you watch that ratio, if it started to move, it told you something was wrong. Either machines were down, people were going to laundromats, maybe something was running for free. You know, these, these types of things, you would never know if you weren't living the business. So it's, 
there's, there's so much, there's so much that's intuitive and instinctive. And, and it fascinates me when you, when you meet an entrepreneur or a business owner, you find out from them, what do you look at to run your business? And, and they, sometimes you hear the most bizarre things. Show me the utility bill and I'll tell you how my business is doing. <laughs> right? right? It's crazy. Yeah. And every one of those, Bob, I could tell you that I have now, you know, probably worked in 25 businesses in my life. And any of them that were entrepreneurial, you know, sort of run or led, the guy had some weird fact that if you tracked it and checked it a million times over with all your MBA talent or CPA <laughs> talent or whatever, they're always right. Yeah. Because if they made it 40 years, they had to know what they were doing. Exactly. exactly. So David Lewis writes, how would you modify your KPI or your dashboards for a cash business like McDonald's? Out of that, I think that something like a McDonald's has different trends during the day. So you may want to break down how many breakfasts you serve, how many breakfasts are served through drive through, how many breakfasts are served with walk in. So you can figure out what people are selecting from the menu and make your choices accordingly. And then the same thing for lunch, and then the same thing for you know, afternoon snack, and then that munchy run at, at midnight that I, I think Bob probably does that more than anybody else on the call. But I, I it, it, it goes down to, you know, for, for me, from the cruise line side, you can equate it, it's dollars per person per day. And then the dollars per person per day then gets to how many dollars you get for breakfast, how many dollars you get for lunch, how many dollars you get for dinner. So you, you have a lot of different specific breakdowns there and you can make decisions on that restaurant business what are people buying when are they buying it allows you to figure out how much food you need when to buy it i'm not sure david if i answered your question on a cash business i'm not i don't think there's a difference from an operating perspective whether you take a card or take cash but maybe bob from a cash perspective your laundromat days is there a different perspective that you'd use for cash business? Well, that's that's really where I was getting my washer dryer ratio and my utility bill thing from. You know, you would you would you would look at you would look at the utility bill at a location, you'd look at the revenue, and and there were certain metrics. If it was exceeded a certain number, you knew someone was either stealing your stealing your water or your electric, or you knew that your machines were running for free. You know, right. that kind of stuff. Or, or if you, or if utility bill went down, something happened. You know, you, we we would learn silly things like in a in a in a ten apartment building. You know, one family when they went on vacation in the summer, the revenue would go down because they were the biggest user in the laundry room. You know, it's just you learn all these, and 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 it's interesting. You know, you, you talked about a billion dollar company, but you know, I looked at things from very top side, but it, it's also a system of pushing into the right part of the organization, every section of your company needs its own dashboard, you know, so, so a branch has its own set of dashboards and within the branch, the collection department and the service department and the inventory department, they have their own dashboards, right? So it all, it all kind of funnels up to, you know, so, so we at the, at the, at the executive level are trying to watch broader trends, but the only way that's going to work is if it's flowing through the entire organization and that discipline is pushed down to the departmental level. 
So yeah, alignment and goal setting, right? Right there, yeah. Yeah. One of the keys that you had in your takeaways, buddy, was that you you really have to stay on top of this as a management team because you can record everything you want, but if, if you don't put people on the spot that they have to present and explain and stay accountable for it, it's not really going to happen. So one of the companies that I was at, every week we had an accountability meeting and we had different KPIs. And like Bob said, each department had their own. HR had their own. Inventory had their own. Some of the buyers had their own. So it's a joint effort across the board. But once you get, you know, the wheel rolling a little bit, it becomes a lot more simple to manage, make decisions and do it quick. Yeah. And, you know, buddy, you, you, you mentioned this, but I just want to take it to the next level. When we talk about alignment, um, a lot of it has to do with communication. So once I'm not suggesting you send you send your daily dashboard to the entire organization, but but there are certain things you can send out. And um, again, which is why I like the pictures, you know, so we would send out graphs to the entire company of certain things. Here's how we're doing on collections. Here's how this is happening. Here's how this is happening. And once you've communicated to people what's important to you, what you're monitoring, they start to see how the impact of what they do every day sort of bubbles up to, to, the, to the executive level of the company. And it makes them feel like a part of the process. Um, it's motivating. And it's at the same time, it keeps them focused on the things that you're focused on. I agree. Hey, buddy, can I ask a follow-up? Sure. Uh, and so, one, I want to say thank you. Um, I think that being able to understand a company's operations from like a time schedule and how their day turns out is helpful. And if I understand Bob correctly, you know, also not just tracking um, assets, but, you know, tracking expenses, like variable costs, that can be an indicator of the activity that you have that can, you know, give you some type of KPIs for um, how the company is operating. And so would, I, would it be safe to assume that when creating a dashboard, you know, you can look at, you know, since a company is operating in cash and doesn't quite have like accounts receivables coming, but that you can track, that you can track like your expenses to show like how much activity is going throughout a day and what you may need to do to, um, to respond to that giving an influx or decrease in activity. Sounds like, sounds like that's for Bob. I think, I mean, I think my only answer is I agree. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it does make sense, you know, but you did make, you did, David, you did bring up a point that, that I think we should emphasize here is sometimes a dashboard is used to solve a specific problem. You identify a trend in a business, you realize something's going on and you come up with a new KPI or a new metric that you track. And as you're tracking it, you learn about that metric, you learn about the inputs and what's going on you make changes in your organization and eventually you can move away from that metric once you've solved the problem. So, so, you know, I think it's important that the, the daily dashboard be a living, breathing, it's a, it's an alive document that where, where, where certain things can, can come and go over time. And things like, you know, looking at your variable costs, 
looking looking at your fixed costs, those things like that, you know, and maybe you want to look at those on a monthly basis, you know, as a as a slightly different way to think about it. But but um, but yeah, I mean, all those things should be subject to change at any time as the dynamics of your organization change. Well, Gershon, this was great. I didn't think an hour would go so fast, but it did. I'll yeah. let you close it out. All righty. Um, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, buddy, for putting on an incredible presentation and leading the Q&A. Um, thank you to all our attendees. Um, and for any of the people here, if you are interested in a checkup with two of our CFOs, please reach out to Haley and we'll be happy to, she'll be happy to set something up. So it's a complimentary, I forget if it's a half hour or an hour, but complimentary session. Depends on how it is. We'll call it 45. Um, a complimentary session with two of our CFOs to dig into any of these issues that you, or if you're noticing at clients, we have some people here who are professional service providers. So, we can be helpful, reach out, complimentary call, and uh, hope to see you all again sometime soon. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for coming. Thank you, guys. Well Thank done, you. buddy. Bye. Bye. Take care.